0: And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to the Minnesota State Fair, our broadcast booth here at WCCO. Denny, along with uh, Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. I can't believe that uh, it's been a year. It seemed like you and your kids were here uh, about two months ago.
1: Well, we were here two months ago.
0: Oh, okay. That's right, because it was back to the future. Back to the 50s. Back to the future. Back to the 50s. Uh, How how have you been? Great. Yeah, I had last week off, and
1: I just want to thank the guys back at the shop for doing an awesome job. They had a great week, so... It goes to show that
0: I don't have to be there. Is is there a <laughs> you easily replaced? Is that what you're saying? That's okay. Uh, is is this the time of year that it becomes you know getting people getting ready for fall or do they get their vehicles ready? Uh, kids going back to college, etc. I think
1: right now there's a lot of the you know parents want to make sure their children are safe and ready to you know for whether they travel to college or whether it's further out in the state or across the country, uh, but we do see a lot of that. Uh, you know, I, I bought a new vehicle I'm handing my vehicle down we make sure it's safe for my child to take it off to college or can they make one more year off the college or you know that, that type of scenario I think the fall stuff you know the weather's cooling down we'll start to see a little more of that and you know by all means don't you know, you don't have to do it yet, obviously, but once the leaves start to turn, we need to make sure that our cars are ready for the next season.
0: Absolutely. If you have a, any kind of a car care question, whether it be here at the fair or uh, at home, 651-989-9226. And that's the same number for the text message, 651-989-9226. we two two six. We've already receiving some uh, text messages here uh, at the fair. 651-989-9226. Uh, w- what else is going on this time of year for uh, for folks? I was thinking uh, people, again, maybe kids going back to college and they need a vehicle to travel, whether it's in the five-state area or cross-country. Uh, when they buy that or about to buy that used car, don't and you and Dan always say, get it checked out first.
1: Yeah, it's a really good idea to have any used vehicle, even if it's from uh, one of the Major dealerships in town to have it looked over. You know, I mean, another press set of eyes. It's a big investment on your behalf for your yourself or for your child uh, to have somebody you know kick the tires for say, get it up in the air. Uh, just get another another look. You know, you don't want to have to spend a significant amount of your money and have a vehicle that's going to need a uh, expensive repair or What I like to say is if you're going to have the car looked over, at least it gives you a little more information where the car sits. So when you go back to purchase it, you got a little bargaining tool.
0: Yeah, very good. Good idea. 651-989-9226. Nick is uh, filling in, as he does from time to time, for Dan. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Uh, We had a text that came in a bit ago. It says, I have a 2011 Acadia. It needs a new alternator. Is that something... Uh, someone with limited knowledge can replace themselves, and what kind of a cost is that if uh, have it done by a professional? Uh, I know things are very vari- variables as far as cost, but uh, is that a, that's got to be a tough job, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know the my best advice for people that want to attempt to um, repair their own vehicle by all means you should. I mean, if you have the the, the basic tool set to do it, uh, make sure you have the correct tools because more and more vehicles require specialty tools. So Do a little research, uh, look online, do your homework, check with the parts store, see if it's something you're capable of taking on. I I will share, though, however, if it's above your ability, be careful. You don't want to make a a larger mess for yourself. Before you know it, you have a car halfway taken apart, you've broken a bolt or stripped something out. Now you need to have it towed, had whatever you have done, undone, and then have it repaired, which can become very costly. So always caution, I, I, I... I love the fact that people want to work on their own cars. I think it's a great idea. I think more people should to, to some extent. But as cars evolve here, they become a little more complicated.
0: Well, you know, you can open the hood of any late model vehicles. And if there's room to, a lot of it, it's covered up, right? And, and the engine compartment is the, like totally covered. The aesthetics covered. are
1: important. People, you I know. I guess. We had a car in here last week, and I, I can't remember what uh, what it was 100% here, but we couldn't find the battery. This is what we <laughs> you, do every day. We've been, you know, I've done this for over 20 years, and it took us about 20 minutes to find the battery. And, you know, man, if, you know, those spaces are tighter. There's more and more things inside of a vehicle: more computers, more modules, more cameras, more of everything. And so every little nook and cranny has something jammed into it. It, it was underneath the uh, rear side. Uh, The back seat.
0: Back seat. Yeah,
1: which they used to do, but, you know, here we're doing it again.
0: How about that? How long did it take you to figure that out? It was
1: about 15, 20 (laughs) minutes. I felt like, you know,
0: I I need to regroup here. You were humbled.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. That happens every day.
0: All right. I'll tell you what, let's do it. I was going to ask you a question about, uh, I know we've asked Dan, your partner, about uh, oil changes. Now, personally, how how often, I, I assume you use a synthetic, I assume. I my truck,
1: uh, I've used mobile one. I always have. I go 5,000 miles. I've never had an issue. It's never low on oil. That's my experience. Um, what I about
0: do- a filter? How different? I mean, is it, is, if you buy an expensive oil filter, is that going to be better necessarily?
1: You know, it's hard. I would say yes. I mean, like with most things in life, if you spend a little more money, you end up with better quality. I think that goes true for oil and filter. But for some reason, we've it stuck in our heads that we need to find the absolute cheapest oil change. And I think it's a really bad practice. We see a lot of uh, newer vehicles with timing chains with those extended oil change intervals that those chains end up stretched because of lack of lubrication, creating a very expensive repair. So the one thing you can get from this is do your oil change on a regular basis. The owner's manual is a good guide. The, the manufacturer is a good guide, but you might find you're doing it a little bit sooner than they recommend based on our climate and our road conditions.
0: And, you know, it's really amazing. I know we have to take a break. Uh, but And, by the way, we welcome your phone calls or text messages here uh, at the fair. 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of a car care question, you want to talk to the expert. Uh, or send a text, same number, 651 651- 9899226. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Broadcasting live here at the WCC broadcast center at the Minnesota State Fair, where the temperature reading in the Twin Cities on a beautiful weekend right now at 63 degrees. We'll be back. Broadcasting live from the Minnesota State Fair. If you have any kind of a car care question you want to ask that question, either by phone or by text, Nick Stoffel is an ASC certified technician you will find often Almost every day, I think, at Lloyd's Automotive. Tell folks where you guys are. You're not far from here now, are
1: you? No, not at all. Closer here than we are when we're at the studio. Uh, We're on the right side of the river now. (laughs) Okay. Careful with that. Uh, Be careful. Yeah, we're at 982 Grand Avenue here in St. Paul. Uh, Our phone number, if you ever need to get a hold of us, is 651-228-1316. And if you're in front of your uh, computer or your laptop or whatever it might be, uh, we're at LloydsAutomotive.net.
0: Excellent. All right. I'm going to put you back to work here. We have callers. We have texters. Uh, 651-989-9226. That number applies to both the telephone and the text number. 651-989-9226. Keep in mind that Nick will be here only till about 745. So if you have a question, don't wait. Uh, send it in or call it in as soon as you can. Let's go to the phones, uh, Nick. Joe, I believe, is calling from iSandy with a question. Joe, you're on with Nick.
2: Yes, I've got a 06 Town Car. The AC went out a while back. I had it fixed. The guy replaced the pressure line, and now it's doing the same thing. Obviously, there's something else going on. Any, any is there any particular part that's prone on those?
1: Well, usually the part that most worries me would be the condenser, which is out on the front of the vehicle. That takes all the, all the wind, all the rain, all the snow. You know, you name it, it hits the front of that condenser. Um, so. The best advice is to you know take it back to the person who did the repair, have them uh, make sure it's low. If it is low in refrigerant, refill it again and add some dye. And in short order, you need to operate it and run it, and then they can take a tracer light and look for that dye uh, to figure out where the source of the leak is. If it is still full and it's not a not a leak, it's not low. Um, there's likely an electrical issue which is not turning that compressor on. So number one, he checks to see if it's low in refrigerant. If it is, he refills it with a dye. If that if it is not low, he needs to check for a power source to that compressor and kind of work that circuit, you know, from the compressor on back. Is there relays or a switch or sensor something that's not allowing that compressor to turn on? So those are his two directions to go in. Um, you know, it's a little bit older vehicle, so it's you know, my my best guess would be that that's probably that condenser leaking. But somebody should take a look before you start replacing parts.
0: All right, very good. Thank you, uh, Joe, for the call. 651-989-9226. Mike. Is calling from St. Paul, I believe, with a question. Go ahead, Mike. We're listening.
2: Yeah. See, I got a 2016 Chevy Cruze, and I'm just wondering. I got 45,000 miles on it, and do I have to change the the um, the,
1: the fluid uh, for the for the heat and stuff like that? So as cars have evolved the, the service intervals and the fluids have changed the fluids have become much better the systems are made much better uh if you look in your owner's manual they'll give you a, a scheduled maintenance typically the coolant and most newer vehicles 80 to 100,000 miles uh you, your vehicle that's a guideline you know i think at 45,000, you you're probably early for sure uh, you probably have some time but to have somebody check it you know we're getting to that part of the year where you know let's make sure there's no contamination let's make sure the uh, protection levels where it needs to be. make sure the fluid is full and that goes not just for the coolant but you know the power steering fluid, brake fluid transmission, and then obviously your regular engine oil. Um, I think it's a really good idea it helps keep those systems working properly if they're maintained properly.
0: All right very good. six five one nine eight nine nine two two six you can use that number to send a text if you uh, like like some folks have already done uh, here's an interesting question how often, should the spare tire be replaced? I don't think we've ever had that question
1: before. You know, um, I don't know if I've had that question. I, I don't know if we ever have. So I've done it my whole. I've worked at the shop my whole adult life, and we've never replaced one other than some sort of failure. Uh, checking the pressure, obviously, is a good idea. Um, you know, try to have that done any time your oil change is done to make sure it, is, it does have air in the event that you need it. Um, you know... They don't get the abuse like the ones on that you know, on the car. You know, They don't go through all the salt. They don't get all that stuff. They don't dry out like they do. Um, I would say, though, if you have the vehicle and you're looking at the tire to check the air pressure and it is starting to get some dry cracking in it and it's starting to look like it might be unsafe, I would look into replacing it. Even if you bought a used one you know, from a salvage yard, that, that'll that be sufficient, obviously. Um, but I don't think it's uh, something you need to worry too much about.
0: You know, we talk from time to time, uh, folks have called in or sent a text about uh, the uh, pressure on other tires. They say, well, I've got an alert that, that one of my tires is low. And the uh, sensor, uh, I mean, everything is fine. And then we realize spare tire. It's a spare tire. They all have, or maybe they all don't have, but most or many do have a sensor in the spare as well.
1: More and more of the cars that still have a spare tire, which is another thing. Yeah, that's true. Some cars don't have them, and you know, our our, my opinion on that too is, if you have a flat tire, get to a safe place first. Even if you know, I tell my wife, you're on the side of the highway, keep going to an off ramp. It's not worth. The tire is already ruined. If the tire works flat at 70 miles an hour, it's ruined. So get to a safe place first. And if you're comfortable lifting the vehicle up to take the tire off, do that. Otherwise, call someone that is. So don't hurt yourself.
0: For sure. I know we have to take a break. I want to get another text in here before we run out of time. Uh, Nick will be with us uh, for about another 15 minutes or so. Uh, Let's see. Good morning, it says. We have a 2012 Dodge Durango that misfires, and then the check engine light will come on. When this first started, one and a half years ago, we had uh, new plugs put in. It's still misfired. Earlier this month, we took it to the dealer. The fault code scan were, well, I'll give you 2096, and then another number, three different numbers. uh, The dealer uh, replaced the oxygen sensor. The vehicle is still misfiring. Any ideas?
1: So, you know, from time to time, obviously, we see those scenarios uh, you have to really slow down, um, you know, maybe take some live data when that actual vehicle is misfiring. You know, you take a scan tool that can record that information and figure out which element is missing. Um, you know, you start talking about oxygen sensors, which is an input to the computer. If The, the cars have gotten so uh, complex that they're looking at all these inputs to make sure they're right where they need to be. Um, to make the car run perfectly, and we don't live in a perfect world, and when, one of these, you know, a bad spark plug, I know they were new, or an, a coil, or another input, like this said, oxygen sensors, can skew the computer, and we have a misfire. So uh, you need to run it with the scan tool, record the information, look at that information, try to determine the source of the issue. But, but it's doable, though. For oh, for, absolutely. It just takes a little time and patience, but yeah, definitely doable.
0: Hang on, Nick. We'll take our usual bottom-of-the-hour break. Kind of a cloudy day, 63, but a nice one. Very comfortable to head to the Minnesota State Fair. We're in the midst of our car care show, Danny Long with uh, ASC certified technician Nick Stauffel from Lloyd's Automotive. And uh, Nick, as usual, we've got a bunch of uh, folks you, we want to help out here uh, before you take your leave. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, Bridget's first up here. Bridget, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Nick?
2: Well, actually, it isn't a question. I just wanted to... Um, Thank everybody at Lloyd's, but especially Jim, who I spoke to a couple times this week. My daughter works out east for an agency where she cannot take her phone into work. So she had um, a problem with her vehicle, took it in out there um, to a dealer where she bought the car and had some things, an oil change and whatever. Um, within 24 hours of getting that car back, she was on the beltway and the car just died. Everything, every light on the dash lit up. Ooh. And, um, yeah. And, uh, it turns out that according to Jim, he thought that maybe when they flushed the radiator, they didn't put fluid back in the radiator. So the engine got so hot, burned some other things in the engine. They ended up having to replace the engine and put a new radiator in. But, in speaking with him a couple times this week, he was instrumental in telling me what questions to ask them and how to handle it. He was very, very patient, uh, very knowledgeable. Um, I, I really could not have have gone through this without him. Wow. And I'm, like I say, running interference for my daughter who cannot call him on her cell phone so she was on the beltway for over two hours and it was 94 degrees
0: oh my goodness uh, what a story. <laughs> Bridget that, that's a great story I yeah. mean you don't hear that and Jimmy's a great guy Jimmy's he a good guy stuff, yeah yeah, he, yeah.
1: He's been doing it longer than I have.
0: He has. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, that was that. What a great story, Bridget. Thank you. And I'm glad it, it, it turned out. You guys, uh, in part, even if you don't do business with Lloyd's, uh, you help out. A phone call is always easy to, to uh, take. To, 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 yeah. That's Absolutely. why we're here, phone calls. Absolutely, again. All right, thanks, Bridget. Let's move on to Balsam Lake. I believe Thomas is there with a question for you. Go ahead, Thomas.
1: Yeah, I've got a 2007 Ford Expedition EL with 253,000 miles. Been a great truck. I got something weird going on here. It uh, it intermittently, all of a sudden, you put the key in, the lights all turn on, and the battery acts like it's dead. I mean, there's just nothing. Uh, you jump it, it starts right up. Uh, I, this is what I've done to check things. I took it home, drove two miles after that, and took it home. And every 10 15 minutes, I'd go outside, tr- see if it starts start, start right up, never charge the battery. It'd go for three, four days, and then just all of a sudden, boom, it'd do that again. Well, two, two things, I guess. You know, my first thoughts, maybe something wrong with the starter motor or a connection. You know, you got a few miles on that vehicle. Uh, I think it's worth saying, you know, maybe take those battery cables off, make sure there's a good, clean surface on both ends there, uh, reinstall them, tighten them up, see how that goes. Otherwise, have somebody put a put a meter on there when you're trying to start the vehicle. And if we have an issue where there's a voltage drop, you know, where we're losing enough power somewhere, or if the starter itself, after 250,000 miles, maybe that starter is getting worn, and you're hitting a spot every so often where it just doesn't uh, doesn't want to engage, where there's not enough power to get the thing turning. So, that'd be my uh, my thoughts on that.
0: All right, very good. Thank you, Thomas. In the meantime, let's go to Ogilvy. I think Debbie is there. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Debbie.
2: Hello. 1950 Plymouth Deluxe, and we, it ran out of gas on us, and, and we filled it up, and then it ran itself all the way home. Well, the next time we took it out, it did fine, and the third time we took it out, it, it stalled and wouldn't start. And so my husband got out and he capped the, the ca- top of the carburetor, and all of a sudden then it would start and it ran itself home. So are we going to have continuous problems with this now, or what do we do about um, a situation where it ran out of gas and now it's probably got dirt in there, doesn't it?
1: There you go. That's I was just going to say that. I think that there's some sediment that came off the bottom of the tank that made its way in the fuel lines, which worked its way to the carburetor. Um, you know, Maybe uh, have somebody take the carburetor partly apart, clean out those bowls of that area where the fuel is collected and, and the engine runs off of. I think you're right on. I think there's some dirt in there. Um, you know, there's not a really good way to clear clean out the bottom of a fuel tank. You know that, that whatever's in the bottom of the tank's been there for you know 70 years. So, yeah. uh, I think you know from now from on keep it full. But I think somebody might have to take that carburetor partly apart to at least clean out those passages, and make sure there's no debris in there.
0: All right, very good. I think we have time, Nick, for one more call. Carl is calling in from St. Paul, I believe. Carl, you're on CCO. Good morning. Uh,
1: good morning, Nick. Say, I got a question for you. I've got an old two Ford Ranger, and I've used a Phillips Tropartic 530 in it, would it hurt to use
2: a um, mobile one uh, in it?
1: You know, I don't, you know, brands don't you know, mean a whole lot, I guess. I mean, they they do. I mean, there's a lot of engineers and marketing behind all these brands. Uh, I think if you use a good quality motor oil, you know, price, like I said earlier, kind of dictates that. I think that the Tropartic's probably a fine oil. I think mobile one's a fine oil. Um, it's usually the off-brand stuff or the things that, are way less money than the others usually don't line up. Um, so if you're looking to change, I don't think that'll hurt. Um, the mobile one might cost a little more money. Uh, maybe you can run it a little bit longer. Um, you know, it's, it's a brand, it's a preference, you know, you know, so I, I don't have any issue with that. Um, as long as you're willing to, you know, I wouldn't jump around a whole lot. If you're making the change and continue with that, that's probably fine. Um,
0: there you go. All right. We have, uh, Nick, a couple of minutes to go before we bring in Jack Farrell. Uh, I don't want to forget our texters either. Uh, here's one. that says, if I only drive a few thousand miles during the year, should I still have my oil change spring and fall as I used to do?
1: At least once a year with good quality oil. You know, we have uh, varying temperatures here in the state of Minnesota, as we know. It, it goes from sub-sub-zero to hot weather. Um, I think a lot of that condensation that's collected collects into the oil. Uh, so getting a change at least once a year is a good idea. Um, if you're using a little bit more than that or if you're you know, getting a, a, you know, a look at the car twice a year is the other issue too. So it's not just the oil, but the rest of the vehicle as they getting up in the air and looked at, make sure there's no leaks there's nothing come worn or loose. So one, once a year minimum, but twice, at least getting the car looked at twice a year is probably a good idea, Spring and fall.
0: How about a quick one? Uh, 2010 Toyota Camry that eats tires. I religiously texter says rotate the tires, have the alignment checked diligently. What are your thoughts? Maybe
1: try a different brand. You know, it, it's tires are tough because you know it seems like they wear a lot faster, but there's a lot more needs and requirements out of the tires that we have on cars now. Um, so if you're getting very short mileage out of them, t- try a different brand. Um, you know, we we like to sell Michelin at the shop because I feel that like they they wear the best, they wear the longest, they cost more but I think you have a better product in the long run.
0: Okay, very good. And if you need some help and you want to get a hold of Lloyd's Automotive, how do you do that?
1: Well, in Saint, we're at 982 uh, Grand Avenue here in St. Paul. If you ever need to give us a call, we're at
0: 651-228-1316.
1: And then if you're at your computer, we're at lloydsautomotive.net.
0: Excellent. Enjoy the fair, Nick. Thank you. We'll see you out there at Lloyd's. Thanks very yes, much. Sir. Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive.